0: The Dragon Red is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club.
1: Did you know that Conquistador helmets were actually originally modeled after armadillos? The first Conquistadors before coming to America didn't wear helmets, but they found that their mortality rates were exceptionally high because they kept getting hit in the head by armadillos. <laughs> so one uh, Conquistador by the name of uh, Jean de Armadillo <laughs> picked up the, one of those things that kept hitting him in the head and was like, I should put this on my head. And uh, ever since, they've been wearing helmets shaped like armadillos.
0: Mm. Mm, that's a good fact.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, for more armadillo-related facts and to unlock bonus content, check us out at www.patreon.com slash club.
2: Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake.
0: I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm
2: Mike Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 2 through 5 of The Fires of Heaven, book 5 of The Wheel of Time. Last time. Previously, uh, Elida seems to be fucking
1: up the new Armelin gig pretty hard, but on the bright side she's bringing on Fane as an advisor, so I'm sure things are going to get a whole lot better for her. Uh, Lanfear hosts a forsaken mixer and shares some office gossip about a co-worker. Uh, <laughs> Leanne, Swan, and Min are in a dilly of a pickle until Liane sexes things up and they swear a bunch of oaths. Then Loghain probably kills a dude and then they immediately break o- all those important oaths they s- they swore and then bail. Uh, also Morghais and Gareth Bryn are in there somewhere, I don't remember why. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Good recap.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Chapter two, Ruidian, the icon of the dragon.
0: I was so excited that we're getting a chapter that's taking place in Ruidian.
2: Oh,
1: yeah? It's yeah. a cool city, yeah.
0: It is super cool.
1: Speaking of the city, I guess everyone's just kind of like, time to loot the city, right? I think that seems <laughs> to be where we are right now. Right, the fog wall is down. Let's yeah. do what we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's like, all right, let's load up all that treasure in these wagons. We're going to get that right out of here. <laughs> I mean, that stuff has been in Ruidian for a really long time. Maybe they should just is leave it, it there? Thousands of years? Yeah. But it, it's for Rand, right? In theory, it's yeah, it's kind of his birthright or his inheritance of, of sorts. Mm, they're the items of the dragon. <laughs> yeah, but Maureen's like, nah, <laughs> just <laughs> take this to the White Tower.
3: Yeah,
0: well, it's it's it made me uneasy too because Maureen keeps talking about the tower and bringing all the stuff back because they still have no idea that there was a revolt and Swan is gone.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that as they were doing this stuff. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you know we're going to take this back to the White Tower for
2: studying it. If she knew what was going yeah. on in the White Tower, she might have it. I don't think time. she would. She's going to be really embarrassed when she sends a, a shipment of treasure to Elida. Yeah, right. Yeah. I really like the bit where they're trying to move that red stone doorway and, and just some rando falls into the doorway and gets <laughs> half cut off mm-hmm. for a second. And then everybody screams and runs away. <laughs> and then, and then and like, Moraine kind of, like, intimidates them back into helping again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, the, these guys don't know what they're doing. Nobody knows what these things are. That's that exactly be, what I was thinking. Like like a nuclear
1: bomb in there. Like the the doorway is the, probably the what, one of maybe three things in this vast horde that we actually know what it does. Yeah. And this is already scaring people. I mean like what if someone drops something and yeah it explodes. What if someone mm-hmm. like picks something up and it shoots balefire out of it because we know there's some things that do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I guess these Wagoneers are all dark friends anyway so who cares. That's a great point mm-hmm. because that's exactly who we want getting our hands
1: on Tarangrail which don't necessarily require channeling to use, right? Yeah, well, the
2: redstone doorway doesn't, right? So, <laughs>
0: as we know from Matt,
2: that's right. Thanks, Matt. Being yeah, right. the guinea pig on that one.
0: <laughs> now I'm just that, imagining. This is,
2: I'm, this is my defense of Matt. This is what he's for. Yeah. Um, he's stupid enough to go through that doorway and see what happens. He's oh. that
0: canary in the coal mine. <laughs>
2: that's right.
0: Yeah, I'm just imagining the person who fell halfway in. If they felt like. The snake people tickling
2: their feet. <laughs> That's right. <I> mean, <laughs> were they? They were head in, right? Maybe. Yeah. So,
0: oh, did
3: oh.
2: they see a bunch of fox people? Like, hey,
1: what's up? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my laughs> I was wondering what the fox people are thinking because there's a fox dude there who's like, he's like starts his little spiel, and the guy goes, away. He's like, "Oh, okay, never mind." <laughs> 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 I assume you did not bring any. Oh, he's gone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Rand is there with all the Aeel... And uh, Rand's Aiel buddies have moved mostly into Ruidian, living in buildings like non-savages, and he's trying to unite the clans. And He's having a pretty low conversion rate so far, right? Well, he's got six of the twelve clans already, and it seems like he's going to get all the others, except for Kuladin and Shido, the asshole clan. And all of the people who are going to join the Shido, I guess. Yeah, it seems like I guess the Shido are just going to be this clan full of other people, because the Aiel since they've learned what the information about their history—they they're succumbing to the bleakness. It's that's such an emo name. <laughs> really
1: oh, I'm just feeling kind of bleak lately.
2: So I don't know. I just, it turns out my ancestors weren't all ultimate badasses back to the beginning of time. So <laughs> no. I just don't know what to do with myself. And it's funny because they're like what, the way it manifests is like an I'll just like
1: sit down and stare off into space for like three days. <laughs> 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 it's like that seems a little extreme. I mean, no, I get it. I mean, I get it. This is like world-shaking, this is, like, your culture, and you're like, man, the culture isn't what I thought it was, but still, like, when I learned about Christopher Columbus, <laughs> 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 you know, and him being a huge douchebag, I wasn't like... Well, how many days did you sit and stare for when that happened? <laughs> like, like one, two
3: tops, <laughs> you know?
1: And, like, there was only, like, minimal screaming and crying, and I certainly didn't run off into the the wastes, some on my own.
2: <laughs> so uh, Rand is meeting with the clan chiefs, and they're basically saying, oh, so-and-so... He'll, his clan will come around, and this other clan, they'll come around, and everybody of the Shido will come around. And I notice at this point that they give I think this maybe the first appearance of the, the badass Ayel oath that they swear to each other. I think it's not the first time, because I think they, 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 we heard it once before. Um,
1: the prophecy said you would break us, and you have made a good beginning. But we will follow you till shade is gone, till water is gone, into the shadow with teeth bared, screaming defiance with the last breath, to spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. <laughs> and then of course Rand has to respond, By my honor and the light, my life will be a dagger for Sightbinder's heart. <laughs>
2: Until the last day to Shall itself. Yeah. I like I And like then the Harper on. plays on it specifically Yeah, I like the uh the, the eye roll that Rand's like, Oh yeah, I have to do this badass over again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's so good.
1: If I were if I were Rand, I'd be like, Fuck yeah, I'm gonna I would I would use this oath at every opportunity I had. <laughs> that's, that's so right. probably like hey, a Can, can you Go
2: get me a sandwich from storage. Yes, till shade is gone, <laughs> till water is
0: gone. <laughs> we get another one of uh, Robert Jordan's really clever words, like how zimai is maize, which yeah. is corn. We have them describing a plant fiber called algode, which is. Algodón, which is Arabic and Spanish for cotton.
1: I, I figured it had to be cotton, but I didn't get that that word connection. So I'm mm-hmm. glad you explained that. Yeah, I because, think it's yeah.
2: cotton, and I think this is total BS because cotton requires like intensive agriculture and a lot of irrigation to grow. You don't grow it in the waste. So if they're growing cotton, then they've got like you know they're, they're not the ultimate no bad badass warrior tribe. We've already established that because remember they're growing like corn and like tomatoes and red like.
1: <laughs> They have the waste, and then the, oh yeah, they have these like tucked away cities where they have like full on farms, right?
3: <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> do all the people in the cities? They're like oh yeah, the warrior parties are out there chanting about how they're the most badass people in the world. We're just gonna grow some corn over here. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, they keep talking about how there's beyond where they where they live. There are the blasted lands, but nobody knows what's there. It's probably just like. Iowa, you know, <laughs> like, they just throw a bunch of stuff right, there—a like yeah.
2: bunch of potatoes. In the
3: really
0: good
2: soil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after this meeting, Rand meets with Moraine and Egwene, and this whole time, Rand, I guess, is going crazy.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like, it, it makes me wonder. Like, they talk about the idea of of someone going insane, but now I'm wondering if his because it, it sounds like he's just remembering things from his past lives, and if that's all the going insane is. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. he's going to start. Remembering things that aren't real. He calls Moraine little sister.
2: I'm sure that's just from his memories, right? Well, from his Theron memories. Yeah, I think so. Uh, He doesn't. I mean, I guess he has Theron memories, but also he could be going crazy. Both these things could be happening. That's true. Probably. I don't. I don't think if he's on top of things, he would have called Moraine little sister, because. A, she's a lot older than he is, and B, she's probably sensitive about the height thing. <laughs> that's true. She's he, pretty short.
0: He's probably just got that motoring song stuck in his head.
2: <laughs> Which
0: one? Motoring.
2: Oh yeah. What's your price for life? Yeah, that song from and
1: the English. Don't mention wagons <laughs> again, little sister. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the, the,
2: the lyric from the song. I that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Maureen tells him the dark one seals have become fragile. She's able to like chip a piece off with her belt knife,
3: mm-hmm. which
2: she shouldn't have done. She should have said they're fragile. Yeah, I was just thinking that. It's like, I get it. You want to explain this. But, like,
1: I feel like every little piece of that you tip off is is probably I mean, like, the odds of that doing nothing are pretty pretty yeah, slim, right? Yeah,
2: prove that they're fragile ten more times and you've defeated the purpose.
1: <laughs> but the the implications of that are pretty serious. I mean, like, the whole thing about Quindle being so tough to break was 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 important to this idea that there's only these seven seals but now if you can like accidentally break one by like bumping it off the table
2: yeah <laughs> that's I, a big problem <laughs> i wondered if some of them were you know they fell into an ocean and had fallen into an ocean trench and were like underneath the the mantle of the earth or something which they would just last forever or something they can't melt except if that's the case now they they're just broken now yeah that's right that's true uh, and we yeah we don't know why nobody seems to know why this is
1: the case but it is uh, certainly concerning
2: yeah I have kind of a theory that the reason Quindalar is unbreakable by anything that they know about is because it's like part of creation, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like sort of made of the stuff that reality is made of. So nothing in reality can affect it in the way that nothing in reality can affect gravity. I mean, it's it's kind of like a half-baked theory.
1: No, I mean, that's interesting. But I mean, so would you say that the one power is still within the bounds of that reality thing? Yeah, it is.
2: Because even Balefire can't do it, which I guess is their, their strongest one-power like, weapon. Yeah, Quindalar is like part of the, I don't know, they probably use some metaphor, like it's the banks of the river that the one-power flows in or something. But uh, what happens when the Dark One becomes free is that he breaks the boundaries of, of reality. and He comes into creation from outside, and just by uh, damaging creation and undoing the creation, that makes Quindalar, all Quindalar everywhere, weak.
0: That would explain the the bubbles of evil that show up when, like, the playing sure, cards right. where, attack.
2: Yeah, and... where it breaks the rules of reality.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Interesting. Yeah, dark one, miasma. I think that's a, that's a, yeah. an interesting theory. Just um, my theory. Yeah.
1: They do, but they did have the ability to make it previously. Like that was something that they were able to craft, right? I mean, yeah.
2: Maybe it's made out of reality somewhere, or maybe it's connected to something else. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's a good question. So this this whole scene is honestly kind of funny from an outsider perspective to me because. Rand is sitting there thinking, I hate Moraine. I'm not going to let her manipulate me. And then she immediately manipulates him into telling her his plans. Like he, She's been trying to get him
1: to tell her his plans for like two books or something, right? Right. Like I remember that was a big thing in the last book. Is like She was like, just tell me what you're going to do. And he's like, no, my plans are my own. And then what, 50 pages into the <laughs> yeah, first book? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, my plans are my own. And she's like, I bet your plans are stupid. He's like, no, they aren't. Here's what they are. <laughs> So, you know, that that is pretty hilarious. Yeah, but we actually learn his plans, unlike the last book, where we didn't find out what his plans were until the very end, and then we found out they were pretty stupid. I mean, his current plan is pretty obvious, right? I mean, like...
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, he, he's uniting the Aiel. What was he going to do? He was going to, like, turn him into farmers? No, <laughs> he's going to take him across the Dragon and use him as a big army.
2: Yeah, he, the, the whole point is he's got a giant army of, of super soldiers that are loyal to him personally, yeah, not to any country. So I feel like his his plan is
3: fairly obvious.
1: Like, maybe you didn't need him to tell you that was his plan. Yeah, it's, it's what anybody else would do in his position, probably. Yeah, I think so, yeah. But, you know, now, now she knows, I guess. <laughs>
2: she knows that it was really just exactly what you thought. Yeah.
1: Does and,
0: anybody else want to dropkick Egwene right now, though?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Through most of these chapters, I, I do. <laughs> which, she, which thing?
0: Everything. She just is constantly insulting him and... Just being obnoxious—it's really tiring. She keeps going on and on about like how puffed up his head is, and how he needs to be showing respect. And
2: that's how this—she's
1: yeah. been through the entire series.
0: Yeah, right? it's just—I
2: feel like there's a change now because he is officially like a double messiah. Yeah, right. He's the Dragon Reborn, and he's the Kara Karn, and he's probably the more. He doesn't even know that yet. Yeah, that's true. And and he's not—he's not actually very arrogant. He's just trying to play his part as best he can, and he's under a whole lot of stress. But she's acting like he should just—he should still be subservient to Moraine.
1: Yeah, uh, no, that's that's true. To me, that seems like pretty in line with her character up until now. But I'm, I've often found her obnoxious. But you, but you're right. I mean, like I, all the things you're saying are absolutely true.
0: Well, and they're...
2: and he could really use a buddy right now. Yeah, and he he thinks several times here, like I I wish I could still talk to Egwene, but she's totally siding with Moraine all the time, which is true, which, which is accurate, you know.
0: Yeah, um, that was what I was thinking. He get Their their relationship, we get nothing out of it. And they get nothing out of it.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: at least with Avienda, there's some learning about the Aeel going on there. Um, and she recognizes that he's the dragon. And with Elaine, there was something going on in that relationship. But with Egwene, she's a bitch to him. And he is sad. I mean, that's really <laughs> it, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's disappointing. And yeah, throughout this conversation, Maureen, Maureen's saying things like, Oh, but we have all these these plans that are coming to fruition in the White Tower. And I'm just like... Ah, maybe, yeah, you know... <laughs> right, maybe just checking in on those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess they don't have, like, a good communication system. like Yeah, even, even modernized I can't communicate faster than horse speed, right? I guess so, yeah. Although, I mean, Maureen does have a network of spies and such. But I guess in, in the waste she probably doesn't have very many of those. Mm-hmm. And that's all I can figure.
2: I mean... Yeah. I, it's only the... The deposing of Swan Sanche and the conversion of the Aiel, that all happened in the last few weeks or something. Yeah. And it's not like there's a lot of travel between the Waste and the, the Wetlands anyway. No, I'm, that's true.
0: I'm curious why Moraine hasn't been manipulating Egwene for her Dreamwalker abilities.
2: Egwene's not allowed to Dreamwalk right now. But Moraine knows that that's what she's learning. So it does seem like in character for Moraine to be like, screw their rules. Dreamwalk for me.
0: Yeah at least gather some basic information.
2: Although maybe she made the calculation that if Egwene did that, she might get kicked out of the wise one student, whatever you call it, training. Yeah, mm-hmm. dream school. And it's better in the long run to, yeah. <laughs> dream high school. <laughs> right. It's better in the long run for Egwene to finish her training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No,
1: I think I think that's probably true. Um, Maureen, I think if she felt like there was a... a if she knew what was going on, she'd probably ask Egwene to do it, but she, as far as she knows, everything's going fine on the other side of the Dragon Ball. So she's like, all right, well, do your training, get that done, and then we'll use those. Yeah. Then I'll have this new resource at my disposal once you're all sculpted and ready. Right. Nynaeve and Elaine probably don't know about the the coup at the White Tower either. Yeah. I mean, the, the information is spreading, but I, I mean, like you mentioned, not much faster than the horseback, and the world's pretty big.
2: Right. And the the rest of this conversation is between Rand and Egwene, basically about Elaine and it's the same Elaine conversation that Rand's been having with everybody for like a year. Yeah. Which is like, she super loves you. And he's like, she wrote me a letter where she says she didn't love me. And they're like, well, just pay attention to her letter because it says everything you need to know. She loves you. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well, I guess I'll just focus on my job. Yeah, he's still <laughs> not telling
1: anyone about these letters. Like, he's still not having that fairly obvious conversation with anyone, right? Like, hey, she sent me two letters and one of them said that she hates me. Like, she hasn't actually said that to Egwene, I guess, right?
2: Right, yeah, Yeah. because they're all embarrassed or something.
1: Well,
0: because then Egwene would just be like, oh, you men are so stupid, like you don't understand anything.
2: I guess, man, probably. That is what she would say. Mm -hmm. But Rand actually remembers Ileana at one point. Mm
3: -hmm. He remembers
2: her face. And he remembers, you know, she wouldn't shout at me just to make herself feel better. I miss Ileana. (laughs) Which is, of course, Luce Theron's wife, right? Yeah. Or something. Was it Luceran? Theron? It was
1: was Luceran's Theron's wife, yeah. yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And so that leads us into Chapter 3, Pale Shadows, Icon of the Dice. Where, you know, Rain's Gleeman is just trying to be a bro. He's like, dude,
1: you're having a rough time. I tried to give you some wine. And Rain's like,
3: fuck you! (laughs) (laughs) Goes all
1: dragon reborn on him, throws him against the wall. Because his gleeman is Natale, who is also Asmodian. Who, by the way, like, in this chapter, I'm kind of digging his character. He has this, like, whole, like... Resigned pessimism thing that's going. on. It's like I guess it's a little endearing. He <laughs> just like, well, I guess I'm going to die, so I'm going to just help you out however I can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rand's like, if you're so sure you're going to die, he's like, well, you know, i has got nothing else to do.
0: Do you think he chose the name the because he's like reborn?
2: Oh, yeah, maybe that's it. What do you mean? But he he chose that before he was part of this plan, right? No. Yeah, true. But we get a, a long conversation with the and Rand where they they go into a bunch of magic mechanics stuff. Like uh two women can link together, and two women will usually be stronger than a man, uh, but two yeah. two, <laughs> two men can link together, but two men never link together unless there's a woman between them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. <That's>
2: right. <laughs> The only way it's okay is if there's a chicken involved. <laughs> is
0: it Bazelmont's
1: threesome? <laughs> <laughs> and only if the balls don't touch. The magic balls. Yeah. Only if their magic balls don't touch.
2: <laughs> and he's like, why is that? He's like, I don't know. It's just the way it always been. <laughs> it's just gross. It's to it. <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> Two chicks do it. Totally... Up to 13 chicks do <laughs> it. Up to 13 chicks do it. That's... Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Uh, so so there's something like, there is something interesting here, though. Um, we also, in addition to learning all these interesting rules about, like, threesomes and, threesomes and stuff, um, <laughs> there's also the fact that Rand can't see Asmodian
2: slash Natale channel. We don't really know why that is, I guess, I, I right? I think it's just men can't see other men channel.
1: Interesting. They can
2: kind of sense it. Remember when Robin and Sam Ale were sort of almost about to blast their buddies? yeah. Raven was sort of like I could sense Samael about to channel, but he didn't say he could see it. Yeah, that's true. That's a so good point. it just works different for men, and there's a bunch of there's a bunch of asymmetric stuff. Like men, they get like a tingly feeling, or or their skin. What do you call it, goosebumps? Yeah, they get when a cool. woman channels, yeah, it, it doesn't happen the other way.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I, I, this is all news. So I, I think I guess men in general are stronger in the power. Just however you measure these things, but women can link uh, without
1: a man. So. In, right. in in general, well, I think he says something like even the weakest uh, channelers, if there's 13 of them, could like overpower any even brand, you know?
2: Right. Which I guess coming back to that idea, that but you can't go over 13 female channelers until you, you need a man to go over 13 female channelers linked. Interesting. Yeah. These these
1: these rules are so like strict but seemingly arbitrary. It's really yeah, interesting.
2: Idiosyncratic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I, I, would, I wonder if we're going to ever get an explanation of this or if it's just like that's the way it is, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd be I, curious.
0: I kind of got the sense that they remember these rules but they have no idea why they are because they lost so much knowledge with the breaking of the world.
3: It's why? possible
1: but but you have to keep in mind that Asmodean is a pre-breaking channeler. Yeah, that's true. So the that's what This would all be grade school stuff to him. Yeah, and in fact, he he like rolls his eyes at Rand when Rand asks some questions cuz he's like is this is you know, you should know this. He's
2: like, mm-hmm. "Oh, right." You don't know anything, and Rand should be like, "Okay, ask me a question about herding sheep." Then I bet you don't know shit. (laughs) That's that's right, motherfucker. (laughs) We also get a bunch of information, a little bit of information about the Forsaken, which is I love this stuff. The Forsaken are kind of my favorite things in the books. Yeah, they're they're all like each one of them has like such a
1: like a different and like um, sculpted character, I guess you know. Yeah,
2: they're all wildly different. Right. Yeah. This, uh, this is the first time we've heard of Samir Haj. I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I think a so. woman. Another woman. Yeah. A woman.
2: And she's a, a torturer of some kind?
1: Apparently, yeah. He, he yeah. alludes to the fact that it, if he had the opportunity
2: to, like, you know, be under her thrall, he would instead kill himself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He said that the hour the, he hears that the, the great lord is loose, he's just going to kill himself.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. We get something really interesting, though. Rand asks Natale, what do you think of my chances when the last battle comes? And Asmodian says, "Well, you found that thing in the square, and that's the Torangriel that was in the shape of a person. Yeah. But yeah. we never learned what that was about, did we?"
2: Uh, it's connected to that—the big thing, the, the giant big
0: statue. One. Yeah. But Rand says, "I destroyed it," and so Asmodian says, "Well, you're fucked."
1: He's, <laughs> right. he's, so Rand is lying. I, I think we. Yeah. I think oh, we yeah. yeah. So Rand is just telling him that because he doesn't want his in to try and get his hands on it. I think. Also, there's more more than one remote control to those things, apparently. Yeah, because we've seen one in where did we see it? It was in. It was in. It was, it was in. A, um, what's what's the city where? 10, is? Terabon. Terabon. Maybe it's in Terrabon.
2: It was like, in Terrabon.
1: Wherever the um, the where Chinese detective agency. Is. Right. 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 Um, so that so we know that there's more than one, but I think there was one of each here in. Uh, Meridian, right? Yeah,
2: and and Lanfear said at one point that they were made, kind of to be used together, and they were so powerful that if a man and a woman were using them, their corresponding ones together, they would be able to destroy the world or create a whole new world. They'd be like rival the creator in power. Yeah, and that's why they were never used because they're way too strong. But they were built specifically to fight the Dark One,
1: right? Like that was their purpose. Was I it? Think, I think so. Okay. I think they. mean I don't remember. I think we hear something about their creation and that they were. They were a weapon that was created, just like um, Kalimdor, that was created specifically for the Dragon Reborn's
2: like final battle. I just feel like power is not what's needed to fight the Dark One, right? You're not just going to punch him in the face and knock him back into his prison. Well, what else can you do, right? What can you do? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, they're hoping that if they throw enough one power at it, then someone's going to be able
2: to figure it out. Right. It feels... So I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go, but I feel like the Dark One is something that's outside creation, so the power of the creator is not necessarily the right answer. Mm, maybe maybe yeah. they have to
1: like solve a riddle or
3: something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's the question he didn't answer.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> we have this other moment, too, which is inconsequential but really funny. Asmodian's telling this metaphor about how this one time he saw a guy who was about to fall off a cliff and he grasped for some grass, even though he knew that it wouldn't be able to Support him and he still fell off the cliff. And then Rand goes, Did you save him?
3: <laughs> yeah. and he
1: doesn't answer that question, but I think we all know the answer. That no, it's, like, it's like the stupidest question Rand's asked him
3: yet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's when he's like, I'm not even going to dignify the response. I mean, I'm a forsaken kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I kill people for fun,
2: but I'm probably not going to save someone.
1: No. Yeah.
0: What part of Forsaken do you not understand? <laughs> I like
2: I like how Nutales seems to have a a, a bit of music appropriate to every situation, every conversation. Mm-hmm. Like some, he says, "Oh, she's a fool," and then he plays some music that's like foolish sounding.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's coming back to your idea about learning a lot more about the Forsaken. Like we learned that Natale slash Asmodians, like the reason he be- betrayed is because he was like a composer and he just wanted to have like immortality so he could listen to music from every age, which I think is like kind of bizarre, but gives him an interesting. It explains his character a little bit because mm-hmm. up until now I was wondering, it's like. Yeah, he's a forsaken. Why does he? How does he have all these gleeman skills? Why can he play all this music? Oh, okay. Well, he was he was a composer before. He's an evil musician. Yeah.
0: So, do you think he was other people in previous lives as well? Uh,
1: that's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I think for 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 as far as history exists within the bounds of this book, he's been alive because mm-hmm. he was like the the oldest stuff we have is the Age of Legends, and that you know that's when uh, Rand's... Earliest, earliest memory reviews were they ended right? We we know he dresses like Michael Jackson, right? So so presumably he wears that one shiny glove. Yeah, he has one shiny glove and the the, the red leather jacket from Thriller. Right. <laughs> His Thriller jacket, and yeah. he's a musician, so I mean, like presumably he's Michael Jackson. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what I figured.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But 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 I mean, he yeah, he's he he has lived since the earliest. Uh,
2: Times that we we've experienced. So, yeah. So I guess that means Michael Jackson is is still living somewhere in the dream world right now, waiting to be reborn again as Asmodian, as Asmodian, or Asmodian was reborn as Michael Jackson. It's hard to say
0: the wheel of time turns.
2: Right. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. It's awful. age becomes legend, yeah. legend, becomes memory, or something.
0: <laughs> memory becomes Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jackson becomes Asmodian.
2: Right. Exactly, as that thing at the beginning goes.
0: Yeah.
2: So Rand. After this illuminated conversation, locks Asmodian in with like a magic lock yeah. that that just burns people who can channel, burns men who can channel if they walk through it. I mean, that's pretty useful. He could just lock the door, right?
1: Asmodian still can channel a little bit, so maybe he could unlock the door with channeling. He could a little post bit. a guard on it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, he's he's basically a kitten right now, right? Mm.
2: So yeah, I don't know. We but we also learn a little bit about like what's going on around him, right? Yeah, the, he's being guarded by the maidens, and the maidens are plagued by marriage. <laughs> they keep getting married.
1: It's like a sickness that's spreading among them. <laughs> I guess that's just Rand's power? I was going to say, this is kind of the Tavran special, right? Every time Rand walks into a place, everyone starts, like,
2: fucking and getting married. <laughs> so apparently the Aiel are not immune to his weird, you know... Yeah, I, if the maidens had known that, they probably wouldn't have decided to carry his honor. What do
1: you think the purpose of that is? Like, Like, I'm trying to think in terms of, like... Helping the the helping
2: Rand's future is this I, just like make more babies to make more humans well, I have like a real vague idea that it's not just marriages, right? It's all kinds of different things It's like people finding wealth or people like dying suddenly. Yeah, but what it is is um, Dramatic life changes. Yeah, you know anything that sort of what you would consider a big moment in your life Just starts happening around him a lot mm. and marriage is like a big life change So I bet a lot of people get pregnant. He just doesn't notice because he, he never stayed in place For nine months. That's (laughs) true. Uh, You know, I've met a lot of people change careers. A lot of people. Well, we know a lot of people change careers. That's true. We met that one guy who was a farmer and then became a soldier or something. I don't remember what he did. The one, the guy that brand rode in his wagon for a little bit. Oh yeah, right. Rand rode in his wagon for a while, and he decided to stay in the in the city. Yeah. And uh, like Massimo became a prophet, and all the Iel are becoming like a a, an invading army instead of raiders. So it just sort of it changes the way people's lives are going and marriage is like an obvious way for that to happen. Yeah. That makes sense. I was curious. If it was because often these pattern
1: reshapings are to his benefit in one way or another. I was just curious if there was a reason for that.
2: Yeah. It's sort of to his benefit, but really it's to the patterns benefit. He's yeah. sort of the tool that the creator is, is using to make the, all these changes to just shuffle the deck. Yeah, that's true.
0: But isn't one of the towns he went through, there were a lot of negative things that happened. Yeah. Like, people murdering each other, and...
2: Yeah. Right. So it could be bad, too. It's it's just any kind of major change in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, cut to Matt, who is drunk. <laughs> <laughs> is... And, and uh, he's singing a song about death, and nobody will dice with him anymore, so he's playing drunk knife throwing <laughs> games. <laughs> you know, I, I, I
1: remember, Jeff, I gave you a hard time about Matt, but he is... <laughs> Quickly becoming my favorite character, right? <laughs> now, I, now I know why. Because I, uh, he's he's just getting so good,
2: <laughs> right? He's, yeah, he's just like singing like death songs and just like drinking. And... Yeah, right. And even the like the dark friend wagon guards are like, well, you we shouldn't sing those death songs. And, like the knife throwing game. <laughs> he's like, yeah, whatever. He does like a cool trick where he puts on a blindfold and, and hits a thrown block of wood with a knife. Uh, which everybody's duly impressed by. He's using his. I guess he's got knife throwing skills now. I think he's been throwing knives for a long time. I think. Uh, I think it's one of
1: the things that Tom taught him, like in book one. And, and he just he's like super good at it now. I guess he's just never stopped doing it. Maybe he's practicing constantly. Could, could Tom have done that? This blindfolded knife throwing trick? Certainly not. But we know that Matt has like magic luck powers, and it, and in this case, I think when he puts the blindfold on,
2: he feels it trigger, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna hit this thing," <laughs> but he forgets to make a bet on it. So, yeah, you know. right. And. Yeah, some of the guys are like, you're super lucky. And he says, in the old tongue, luck is a horse to ride like any other. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: he also
2: look.
0: thinks to himself that I'm juicier than a fiddler's whelp. I don't know what that means.
2: A fiddler's whelp. Is because it whelp, Wait, a whelp, was it whelp is or whip?
0: whelp, W-H-E-L-P. Because a whelp is like a word for offspring, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. juicier than a fiddler's whelp.
2: Okay, well, he's, he's implying that he's drunk. Yeah. Sure. So is he saying is he, is a fiddler's whelp something that's juicy in this the normal sense of juicy or is a fiddler's whelp somebody that's drunk? That is a great question. Uh, I I mean
1: like I've never first of all I've never heard the term juicy to refer to someone being drunk, so that's a new <laughs> one. So then you add the the additional dimension of a fiddler's offspring. I have no
2: idea. <laughs> no, I don't get that at all. Yeah. Robert Maybe J- he's drunk.
0: Yeah. Robert Jordan's like, I need a metaphor, so he just randomly picks words. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We get a little bit more information about Matt's spear. It's a magic spear. It's power forged and never needs sharpening. and never breaks. Sort of like the sword that Rand had, I guess, right? Yeah. So now Perrin just needs to get a power wrought axe and the whole set will be complete. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't Rand's sword get melted? Oh, yeah, that's right. He, he melted it in on, Yeah. No. Which is a
1: real bummer because, like, that was a pretty sweet sword. Yeah, that was a good sword. It was his dad's sword. I know. Wow. Well, Embarrassing. He good When he finally gets <laughs> his dad again. <laughs> hey, can I get that sword back for you? Oh.
2: About that.
0: My dad's going to be so mad.
2: <laughs> Dude, he really loves that sword. <laughs> you know my real father. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got a cool old tongue inscription on it. The price is paid. And it's got cool ravens on it. It's really like. The most badass spear that Matt probably would have designed if they asked him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you want in the spear? I want some sweet ravens, like a
2: weird like poem or
1: something. So, so this uh originally this I thought this spear was like an artifact that was that he acquired, but this inscription was clearly written by the foxes, right? Yeah, so
2: they they made it for him or something. Yeah, they just like made this spear for him and put all this extra stuff on it. Or maybe they. Maybe the, this sort of encounter happens to them a lot, so they've got a bunch of these spheres. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know,
0: like
2: a closet full of, like, the, Yeah, another crazy guy made a bad deal. Give him the stupid spheres. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Engravings while you wait.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's oddly specific, though. They're talking about his, like, memory thing, right?
2: Yeah. So I guess they do that a lot. And his memory, he's got all the memories, and they're sort of... They're just a part of his memory now. He remembers being... Matt Cawthon, and he also remembers being a a thousand different generals fighting a thousand different battles. Yeah. Which is, I mean, not the
1: worst thing. Like, he seems to, like, be really irritated by it, but I think that's pretty badass.
0: It is (laughs) super cool.
1: Yeah. It's certainly making him a better character. And then, of course, uh, you know, Matt is up to his usual antics, and he's, like, flirting
2: with a lady, but He gives the spear maiden a present, and
1: we know what that means. Yeah, I
2: can just imagine this moment where he's like, Oh, she's pretty. I'm going to give her like a a bracelet or something. Maybe she'll have sex with me. And she takes it and says, I accept your offer. (laughs) He's like, What? but. No, I like this, too. This is Melindra, which he just met. Yeah. And, and she's, like, two inches taller than him and, like, ten years older. And he's like, yeah, but I'm into that. That's cool. <laughs> so never That's never been a problem before. <laughs> cool with that.
1: And yeah. we know
0: that every woman likes jewelry, and strangely, they like flowers nearly as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So he just gives her, uh, what do they call it, gift of regard or regard gift or something regard like that? Regard gift, which mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that means, actually. I, I think it's, like, the... As close as a guy can get to a marriage proposal, as I understand it.
2: Oh, right. Because women have to
1: propose. Women have to propose. But
2: like yeah. offering them one of these gifts is a way of saying, yeah, you know, I'll get it. Right. So that's pretty cool. I like Melinda. I like positive relationships where everybody's on the up and up and they communicate well. I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far with this particular relationship, considering
1: Matt just met her and gave her a present. Then she's like, yeah, let's get married. Like,
2: <laughs> but she's not. But she doesn't say get married. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. She says, basically, let's just pork for a while. And that's really what I'm he's like. I'm not going to give up the spear for you. That's what he's there for. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's like, everybody wins, right? Absolutely. No, you're right. That's exactly what Matt's looking for. Yeah. Quit pro quo. He's like, I pick up chicks at the knife throwing competition. <laughs> that's my speed. <laughs> and, I mean, like, so far he's batting 100, right? I mean, like he's <laughs> working great for it. Not bad at all.
0: I'm going to speak a foreign language because ladies are into that. <laughs>
2: That's right. That's right. He's occasionally he's, says awesome things in the old tongue. Yeah. That's, that's nice yeah. yeah she probably thinks that's really endearing uh, but I love
1: that he's like hey I don't suppose like that phrase daughter of the nine the moons means anything to you and she's like no he's
2: like alright we're good Let's go. <laughs> she says "No, nah, but I like to fuck under the moon <laughs> that's right and he's like me too <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I love this relationship
1: this is the healthiest relationship in the whole book <laughs> that, is a, that is a sad but true, true fact <laughs> Um, but also he's got to be really careful because, like, he's going to be starting
2: catching some kids if he's not careful. <laughs> he, he can afford it, right? Yeah, that's true. He's got the money. He's, like, all he, all he gets is money. And also, he's really lucky. That's <laughs> true. I'm sure he's not going to get get it uh, unless he wants it.
0: But, I mean, who knows? He probably has left a bunch of little mats around Randland already.
2: hmm yeah.
1: I wonder, I, yeah.
0: I'm
2: sure. Like, lots of, bu- a bunch in Tyr, probably a few in tar mm. Yeah.
0: Yep.
2: Maybe not, probably not one in Camelon. He was, like, evil at that point. Yeah, not really very social. But in Shinar, you know, probably.
1: Yeah, maybe 50-50. Def-
2: definitely he's, like,
1: been doing really well with the Aiel, as I understand it. Because <laughs> Linda's like, my sister's told me about you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, they did. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, was pretty funny. So Matt is intending to leave, of course, as he has been for the last three books, he's four books. He's still trying, yeah. He goes and talks to Rand, and Rand ignores him until Matt calls him by the name Luz Theron. Yeah,
1: that's not, that's not a great not a great sign. Yeah,
2: so it's pretty obvious to everybody what's going on. And Rand's like, you can go if you want. And Matt's like,
1: can
3: I go?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what Rand has always said. He's like, why Why are you following why, me? Why are you asking my permission? And I'm happy to have you here, but you know, it seems like the, what you talk about 75% of the time is how much you want to go, so go. And then he gets distracted. Matt gets
1: distracted by, I don't know, yeah. some, some I, woman throwing her <laughs> yeah. throwing her vagina at him, I guess.
3: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> which works, again. Yeah, it does. Chapter four. Twilight. Icon of the Aiel Spears. So, we're back to Rand. Rand lives in the Maiden House, which is rare. For yeah. To live there. Apparently unheard
1: of. It's never happened before, but I guess he asked them to carry his honor, which is um... We, we don't know exactly what that means, right?
0: Well, he moved in, and then the next day, a bunch of the Maidens of the Spears showed up that's and a, just moved in after him.
1: That's a great point. Yeah. So more more accurately, they moved the roof of the Maidens mm-hmm. to him. He didn't move in. there <laughs> That's true.
0: And the description of this building is amazing. Like, I really hope if they do the TV show that they show this. It sounds super cool.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, there's mosaics, and there's a bunch of columns and colored glass, and there's one of the... Um, stained glass, shows a black-haired woman 15 feet tall in complicated blue robes. She's not Aiel, maybe Aes Sedai. It sounds awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah very cool. And and really high ceilings and just a palace everywhere. I kind of was, I wanted to ask about Ruidian. There's all these half-finished buildings. So were the people, those last Aes Sedai from the Age of Legends, were they building all the buildings at once? So, what I think it is,
1: is the Aes Sedai, by this point, I, I seem to remember they were weakened and like Dying essentially, mm-hmm. but they had the um, they had the the last of the Aiel with them, right? Like there was some. So I think that the 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 last generation of the what are they called the the true Aiel the Gen Aiel, the Gen Aiel were probably building the city, is my guess. And then the, as they died off, the construction stopped. Yeah,
2: it's, it's odd to me that they built. All the buildings at once, instead of building one building at a time. Oh, it was probably a massive construction
1: project, like where they were, there did, were just like thousands of them. Did they the, think they had more time? I think that they did. I think that I think that they would have liked to have finished what they were doing, and then they they died, and everyone else died. Because there are some buildings that are finished. So I think what it looked like initially was thousands of these gen Genaille yeah. building at once, and then all of a sudden,
2: you know, yeah, it feels like it they tapered off. Well. So that's my question. Did they think they were gonna be able to set up a life there with the underground reservoir that they knew about, right? To irrigate the valley, basically, and and live in that city, like that? Did they think they had found a safe place in the chaos after the breaking of the world, the, or were they building the city so it would be there for rent? My impression was always the latter of those two, but I don't know. That's a, that's a
1: great question because it does feel more like it was a place a place that they were hoping to like.
2: Yeah, it feels like they intended to live there. Yeah, no, I think you're right. But they they had to know, they knew the prophecy, right? They knew that only a remnant of a remnant will be saved and, and so forth. Yeah, but they probably, uh, they, I, I seem to remember, and
1: I could be misremembering this, that the Aes Sedai thought Riddian was like a gift to the Aiel in their passing. Like, we're dying and this is like yeah. what we're going to give to the Aiel for, you know, their service. Maybe it's they like, thought
2: the Aiel were going to, okay, maybe that's it. Maybe they thought... The prophecy I, means that the dragon will need the Aiel to be there for him. And so we're going to make a city to protect the Aiel. But it didn't go the way they thought. And the Aiel turned into this this super warrior race. And the peaceful Aiel died out. I think became that, the Tinkers. that's exactly what I think is is
1: most likely. Because it would explain all the different pieces, right?
0: I still want to know what all those crazy, skinny glass columns are in the square. Yeah,
2: that's some kind of mind thing, I guess. It's, Although it's, I was thinking, you know... A bunch of clan sheets go in there and don't make it out. Because I guess they kill themselves when they find out that their ancestors were not ultimate badasses to the beginning of time.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, but where's their bodies? Well we we see it happen, right? Like
1: when Rand is in there, we see it happen to the, the Shido. Yeah, yeah, the Shido chief. the would be
2: Shido Chief. So can you go in there and find a pile of dead Aiel bodies? I think that it I think that the magic eats them. So Yes. Yeah, yeah. So if the, if they if they die during these memories out of stress or suicide or whatever, then the thing cleans
1: up the evidence. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first Charon Grail to, to eat the losers, right? Like, that happens in the
2: Aes eyes, like, Three Rings, too. Yeah, but they that kind of makes sense, because I think they're going to alternate universes and mm-hmm. just living there forever. Yeah.
0: And also, not to get gross, but if it wasn't being cleaned up by somebody, since they're in a desert environment, those bodies would be around for a really long time. Yeah, right.
2: Rand did not note any bones or, mm-hmm. or desiccated corpses. That's mm-hmm. true. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting.
1: I whatever they describe the the Aiel memory machine to me, it makes me think of um, was it the from the Superman movies, his Fortress of Solitude oh, or whatever, with yeah. <laughs> all like the icy like crystals or whatever. It makes mm-hmm. me think of that.
2: Yeah, that, that, that seem likely. Robert Jordan probably saw the Superman movie. Yeah, almost certainly. <laughs> so uh, the maidens all mother Rand. Yeah, which is. Which he hates. Yeah. Although it seems kind of nice to me. I know, right? They're like, hey, you want anything to drink? You want some food? And he's like,
1: no, I don't want any food, Bob. He's like, (laughs) I told you not to come up to my room.
0: (laughs) Are you cold for on a sweater?
1: And all I can think was, man. He is cold. (laughs) He is cold. He should be like, yeah, I'm a little cold. You could send up some blankets. And they would. (laughs) Right. But no. All all I could think was, you know, I'm like at this age where I wish I had someone who would be like,
3: Hey, are
2: you hungry? I know, right? (laughs) I'd love to be Muffet a little bit, you know? That'd be great. Meanwhile, Avienda still sucks. Avienda comes in and starts just being busily awful.
3: Yeah.
1: She brings him an armload of blankets, which seems like a nice thing, but, like, immediately, like, I don't don't even remember what he says. It's something really, like, like, he says thank you or something like that, and she's
2: like, fuck you, then, and throws the blankets at him. she gives him a belt buckle. Yeah, a gift. Like, a belt buckle that she made. In the style, like the, in in, a, in the shape of a dragon, which is and, cool. And he's like, "Oh, well, that's that's nice, thank you." And she's like, "It's because I hate you." God, this I, I they, know. They I made me make a list of all the people I hate. and You're number one. <laughs> that's
1: <right. laughs>
3: that's, that's right. literally, literally exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: ah. The worst.
1: It, it it makes me so sad because like we just got, and I know I've ranted about this before, so I'm not going to go like down this path too much. But we just got past this parent fail thing in the last book, and now they're like. Throwing another one at us where it's just like Rand and Avienda, and they like, he, he did, like, she's just so cruel and shitty to him, and he's like, I don't know what I did wrong.
2: And yeah, of course it's because she's in love with him or something. And it's just mm. so frustrating. And he's in love with her too. Yeah, no, that's reason. right. Yeah. He keeps thinking, you know, she's all right when she's not being awful to me, which is basically only when she's not near me. <laughs> <laughs> when she forgets to put her, you know, when she forgets to be
1: like a shithead to me, like, she's really cool, you know? She's the only person who treats me like me.
2: <laughs> God. I, you know, there's there's something there, actually. Everybody That's sees so him sad, though, as right? the dragon or the messiah. You, you see this with celebrities a lot, where yeah. they go crazy because there's nobody around them that treats them like a normal person. Everybody either works for them or wants something from them or idolizes them, and so they just go insane. Yep. But the three women that Rand is in love with are the three people that don't treat him like something other than normal. Yeah, no, you're, you're so right. That
1: makes sense. I, yeah, it's... It makes me sad for him because like this is not a this is not a healthy relationship. Very unhealthy. This is not a good interaction. Like nothing about this is good. And the best thing he could do is like not be around this person
2: anymore. He's so starved for human interaction, I guess. Yeah. In in a very weak defense of Avienda is not because she's just awful. It's because she's resisting her future of marrying Rand. She doesn't know that, though. All she knows is that she, is that she likes him, right? No, I think... She
0: well, probably we, does know from when she went into Ruidian
3: herself.
2: That's her right. right. We you don't really know that, right. but that's my hypothesis. No, you're probably She right. probably saw that she was going to marry Rand. And that's why she's all always like, no, 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 you've got to marry Elaine. Elaine! Yeah. Because she's like, she's saying it to herself.
0: Yeah. I disagree with you, though, about how those are the three women that treat him like normal. Hmm. Because... Well, Min, first of all, he spent, like, two minutes with her, so we don't know how she actually treats him. And that was way back in the beginning, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah,
2: she didn't. Yeah, it right, right. He hasn't met her since she... Yeah. Since, since, since the... He, since he, since he knew, became aware that he was... Since he was the dead. Shanshan to the city, right? Like, wasn't that the last
1: oh, time they were yeah. hanging out? Yeah. Yeah, but that was, like, for a week or something, and he was unconscious. I think <laughs> he was mostly unconscious, and she was, like, sitting there staring at his unconscious body.
0: No, she gets into bed with him, remember? Yeah, that's right. To, like...
3: Keep him, warm. keep him warm or something yeah, yeah, okay.
0: yeah and elaine is trying to help him get his greatness right she's trying to help train him to be a leader of nations and then avienda i don't know she acknowledge, she acknowledges that he's the dragon right the car yeah but yeah. yeah.
2: she she just treats him like somebody she hates mm-hmm. which means maybe he'd be great friends with kuladin
0: oh, kuladin hates
2: yeah. him too <laughs> oh maybe
1: yeah maybe he 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 does keep trying to get Kuladin talk to him <laughs> <laughs> until. What is it he says? Oh, I, I, I've been trying to get Kuladin to listen until I found out he was
2: skinning my messengers alive. Yeah, come on, dude, that's not cool. Yeah. <sighs> even those Iel with Kuladin shouldn't think that's very cool. I agree. I agree.
0: But Isendra walks in naked, and then Avienda once again gets really mad at him. And says, "You belong to Elaine. You have no right to try." Luring any woman, especially not that one. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" She walked into my room naked. Like I had no idea this was going to happen.
2: Yeah, you were here the whole time, and then yeah. you find out
1: not only, not only is that what that, that would happen. She's naked because the Spear Sisters make her be naked all the time. Right. Yeah. To That's her, her punishment for this. The fact is that she's not allowed to wear clothing ever. And it's like nobody thought about that. You're gonna, you're gonna, like, you're concerned about this and that. You have, like, this super sexy lady who you're forcing to be naked all the time. Except serving, for jewelry. Except for jewelry, who's, like, serving him wine, I guess. Well, you are weird about nakedness. Yeah, that's true. But I, I just feel like she doesn't have much right to be, like, really angry at him when it's kind of her sisters who are, you know. Also,
2: that, the. That problem there. Isindra has tried to sneak into Rand's room, like, six times before. Apparently.
0: And Rand has no idea.
2: So, I mean, yeah, and Rand doesn't know. So why would Avienda get mad at Rand? Oh, because she's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There you go. <laughs> she's just, she just sucks right now. But Rand's, you know, still having his sexy dreams.
2: Yeah. He has sexy <laughs> dreams specifically about Elaine, Min, and Avienda. Yeah. Elaine and Avienda again, right? Yeah. Elaine has shown affectionate attitude towards him, which no other woman in his life has ever done. Right. And, uh, Avienda is there, you know, around, so she's yeah. on his thoughts a lot. Yeah. Well, why Min? Right? Like yeah. the,
0: Maybe he likes the androgynous look.
2: I mean I guess <laughs> he's really into that pixie cut. You know, like a boy.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> like you know, just I just like those girls with the straight hips, flat chest, you know, <laughs> short hair. A little bit of a facial hair thing going. <laughs>
3: I maybe
1: like a light beard, like a deep voice. <laughs> 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 That's my kind of woman.
2: And he has nightmares about his her, apparently. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. I, 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 I kind of hypothesize that Isendra is being forced to try and get to Rand, even after she's been whipped. You know, that makes perfect I think sense. She's in one of those awful dark friend situations where they, they're like, "We'll torture you forever if you don't go try and
1: sleep with them again." Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right, and I, I think Rand kind of suspects that as well because he he knows she's a dark friend, and that's that's why I think that's why he's, he says that she has he has nightmares about her that she's like doing something to control him or something.
3: Yeah.
2: But Rand is, by the way, puzzling and trying to find a way to get rid of the taint on site in, which is a good idea. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's Although a lot of people with more education than him have tried. Yeah, that's... that's. A, I don't... Like, I, I, I see
1: why he would want to do that, but when Asmodian tells him there's not likely to be a way to do that, I mean, there's yeah. not likely to be a way to do that. And, like, someone who is alive during the Age of Legends has more knowledge about the power and how it works than... Anyone who's lived in a thousand in a thousand years. So, mm-hmm.
0: here's the thing, though: how much is Rand actually learning from Asmodian?
1: Uh, we don't get to see it much, but he he talks about how his
2: powers have improved, his control has improved. Yeah, he they... uses it. it used to be it wouldn't come sometimes when he called it, and now it comes every time. Okay. And he does various things like setting up that wall around Asmodian, and he thinks, "Oh, I could have set the lamps up with my fire,"
1: and so, but it
0: didn't occur to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and he, he has he has his dream wards now, so he actually puts up a wall to protect his dreams, which I is great. It. That means we don't have any more, uh, like, monotonous, creepy Rand dreams, right? <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. Everybody so, wins. So, yeah, he, he's not learning as much as I would have hoped, having a teacher from the Age of Legends. Mm-hmm. But he's he's learning some important skills, and he's getting better at it. Uh, it's, it's interesting that Esmodin's like, I'm a shitty
2: teacher, man. <laughs> like, he shouldn't have picked me. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 5, Among the Wise Ones. Icon of the Flame of Tarvalon. So, speaking of Egwene being awful, you yeah. get this chapter. Uh, Egwene yeah. is training among the Dreamwalkers. And the Dreamwalkers are... I think they're kind of awful, too. This training is, is just degrading, humiliating. Yeah.
0: It, I found this a very uncomfortable and tiresome chapter.
2: Mm, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I would agree. Because it, it, Egwene is, you know, kind of like... she She's a tricky character right now. And then she's surrounded by these people who are just, like, treating her like crap. And she's like, well, you know... I to.
2: want to learn from them, so I'm going to have to let yeah. them treat me like crap. Yeah, like to, to save the world, I have to learn this skill. Yeah. And so and she has difficulty even doing that, right? Keeping your mouth shut and, and putting on the, the submissive face. And that's what bothered me, you know, because Maureen does the same thing, right? Maureen puts, with, puts up with petty humiliations all the time, but it's because she's got her eyes on the prize and she's focused on her goal. But Egwene, just—it seems like she's just like rolling her eyes and sighing and being a crappy student this whole time. Yeah, which, which of is course immature. The, yeah, and of course, it leads to her like having a much harder time with it, right? Yeah, right, and that's—that's that's what. Well, sort of. See, partly that's what leads to her getting punished and criticized and, and demeaned, but also it feels like the wise ones are just going to do that anyway. It's just, it's just part of the deal—is they treat you like shit the whole time. You might be right. It's kind of a hazing thing or something. Because we get that thing where they they're always telling her to be more like Avienda because Avienda is so good at obeying. And they find out that they're always telling Avienda to be more like Egwene because Egwene is better at channeling because she's been trained before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just... They're like setting them against each other, right? They're just like trying to break down their egos, make them feel bad about themselves by comparing them with somebody who's... You know, like Avienda is steeped in this culture. She knows how to do everything. It's a, it's not an apt comparison. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this it, it's something we've talked about before, but so far
1: every educational area that, that Jordan writes about is boot camp, right?
2: Yeah. So that's maybe right. that's, yeah. it's
1: more of that. You know, maybe this because, like, that's what it's like in The Tower. The first year is, like, they treat you like shit, and they, like, grind you down. Yeah, and they, they destroy your personality to try and build up a personality the way they like it. Yeah, so maybe it's just like on Maybe this is, this is what he thinks, you know, the, the way to make an elite person is. It's like you grind them down first, and you make them, then you make them strong we also see um, that in addition to a bunch of the the normal Aiel acting really weird uh, the gaishain are also acting a little odd because of like this this bleakness and the way it manifests in the gaishain is they are just choosing not to leave their servitude yeah they're just staying servants and slaves forever which is interesting though because you could kind of see that as like what they're supposed to do right like that's isn't that what the original Aiel were about it's like this, the, the 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 idea of service being like the ultimate aim. That was the yeah. original purpose of like the Aiel from the age of yeah, legends. Maybe right? those
2: ones are right. Yeah. Maybe that's how
1: the, you're supposed to keep the oaths that your ancestors swore. I I I would I would say that Gaishane are probably as close to the original Aiel among the Aiel as anyone, right? Yeah, I guess so. Except so they don't do a lot of agriculture. No, that's true. But they, they are kind of had a purpose. They are super pacifists, they are like, you know, I'll, I'll do anything to help somebody. That's their that's their year and a day is what they're supposed to be, right?
2: So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. So, Egwene heads over to the sweat lodge. She's been summoned, peremptorily. Does sweating in a sweat lodge really get you clean? Uh, so, in a manner of speaking, yes. This is this is
1: the way the ancient Greeks used to clean. Not with sweat, but with oil. Yeah, yeah, I know that. So it's the same concept. Like, so it gets the dirt and stuff off you. Yeah, and the like, dead skin. It doesn't make you smell better. Because you're, you're still covered in perspiration. You have all the, like, the particulate that lives in perspiration. Mm-hmm. But it does literally get the, like, stuff off your skin.
2: So Egwene gets there. She's in the sweat lodge. They're having a meeting with Moraine. And Moraine is trying to turn the Wise Ones against Rand.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, and, and, after all this time, Rand finally reveals her plans. And Moraine immediately begins plotting against his plans.
2: Immediately. Yeah, this is why. Yeah. This is why no one talks to you, Moraine. 'Cause you're totally not trustworthy. Yep. It, I I feel like I like Moraine, but I feel like she's mistaking her plans for what's what going to save the world. She I think ultimately with Moraine,
1: she's been doing this alone for so long that she doesn't trust anyone else to not fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. But I think that's all it comes down to is like she she probably thinks she's the smartest person in the room at any given time. And she might be, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. She is certainly like a good uh, game player, a good manipulator, and a good like chess player. So ter- in her mind, it's probably that Rand doesn't have the strategic knowledge to manage all the pieces he needs to manage to do this right.
2: Yeah, I, maybe a piece of information that she doesn't have is that he's somewhat becoming Luz Theron, and Luz Theron does have the strategic knowledge. And also that the White Tower has fallen. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, yeah. that, like I, I suspect that would change Borin's ideas a lot. I was still a little surprised that she didn't get on board with Rand's plan. Because it's a solid plan. I get an invincible army of super soldiers that is not connected to any of the bullshit politicking that is ruining the world.
0: Yeah, I didn't understand that.
1: I, I think that she wants people to join him willingly instead of by force. Mm-hmm. Because I think that she, she's probably thinking in terms of loyalty, and you can get loyalty through fear, but it's better if you get it through respect. It's, it's stronger. So that's probably the way she's coming at it. But, you know, I on the other hand, I do see where Rand's coming from. He's absolutely right. In Tier. He tried to do it through, like, the normal means, and then he
2: had a bunch of, like, yeah. about half the, the lords there were trying to kill him. So he's like, well, fuck yeah, that. Yeah, it didn't work. It, I think the, the core problem was that he he has to restructure their society to create, to form it up for the last battle, and everybody's going to resist that.
3: Yeah, I think... And if
2: everybody's going to resist, then you're better off just conquering them. I think maybe the problem is that Maureen is too optimistic about, like, the idea
1: of rulers falling in line behind Rand. Yeah, And Rand is probably more realistic about
2: it. Maybe it would work if they had the White Tower pulling the strings yeah. to bring all the nations in line. I think that I think that there is something really be- to that. I mean, the White Tower does have a great deal
1: of influence, and if they could if they if, if Moraine has a, a, a voice in every court saying, this is the only way we're going to survive, you have to get in line behind him, then maybe that would be ca- the case. I mean, Tyr specifically is a weak point of the White Tower, right? Like, the uh, women who can channel Sedai are, are not quite illegal in tier, but pretty close to, right? Mm-hmm. So Rand picked the, the weakest White Tower place to like start his uh, start his conquest. Uh, but it's very it's very possible that any other place that he goes would be a little bit more malleable, just because the White Tower would be whispering in their ear. Mm-hmm. But you know, I guess it's impossible to know now because all of that was. Being done by Blue Aja
2: and the Blue Aja right, is, yeah. like they're all to the wind with now. His. But uh, the Wise Ones just blow her off completely. Like we don't care about your plans. What you know? He's gonna just. Dist- she's like he's gonna wreck things, and they're like, yeah, that's what our prophecies say too. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's gonna break us. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, Avienda shows up, and she's had herself whipped for lying. But yeah. she, didn't, she didn't say what she lied about, but I guess it's lying about lying to Rand.
3: Yeah, you know. about
0: hating him.
2: This yeah. is dumb. Yeah, I completely agree. When I uh, all I wrote was Avianna still sucks
1: because this is so stupid. Yeah, right. She didn't have to lie to Rand. Right? She didn't have to lie to Rand, and then she didn't have to have herself go whip, be whipped for it. But you know, that's what she's doing.
2: Mm-hmm. It's G eto, right? The honor.
1: Yeah. It was a
0: little funny because uh, she asked Bear to to whip her, and Bear said, "Yeah, okay, I whipped her," and then I give a few more because you know.
3: She made me whip her. That's <laughs> a pain in the butt. That's
0: true.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah I, I do kind of like Bear, even though I, I find the way that she treats the Egwene and Avienda to be really shitty.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so true. I
2: like how she's just the hardest person in the world. Uh, I also really like that uh, Avienda referred to Isindra as a flip skirt. I don't think I've heard that term before. It's pretty funny. A flip skirt and some kind of rat. I think is she. Has. I can't remember what yeah, the rat. Yeah, like Aiel rat. <laughs> they have a specific rat that's like awful and like even the meat tastes bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: even cats won't eat it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and that's what she is. And uh, and so, just to make things more awful for Rand, the Wise Ones send Avienda to sleep in the same room as him. What is the point of that? Like, I did I, I? did not understand through this chapter what they were getting at here. I, I think they're trying to make Rand marry an Aiel. Yeah, but an woman.
1: Yeah, I like they, they, they seem to be specifically like, stating, stating no, that's not the purpose.
2: But clearly, uh, that seems to be on the only purpose, right? I okay. think they're lying. Okay, I think that they're, yeah, they're, they're, they they say, they see the cataclysm coming and they think we just have to make this wetlander like us, and they think having him marry an Aiel woman will make him more likely to have the Aiel's interests at heart. Yeah.
0: But did it have to be that one?
2: Uh, I mean, he's clearly into her. Yeah. Yeah, as far as they're concerned, it's working great. Yeah, I I mean, they they don't want him to be happy, you know. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good question.
0: Maybe that's part of why they're trying to break her down so hard. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
2: Get over yourself and go be a... Concubine. What would you call it? A concubine, yeah.
0: Sure. Take one for the team.
2: But they're not straightforward about it either way. No. And uh, we find out that Egwene has been learning to go into other people's dreams, Mm -hmm. which is a new thing, right? Because that's different from Tellar and Riyadh.
1: And we, we've, we talked about this before. I remember because they, they mentioned how dangerous it is to go into other
2: people's dreams. Yeah. she they, As practice, she goes into Ruark's dreams and she screws up. And Ruark sees her as a little girl because she acts like a little girl all the time. Mm-hmm. And she actually becomes a little girl and it even changes her mind. Mm-hmm. Which that didn't happen in the other world of dreams. Mm-hmm. She, she has the mind of a little girl. And I... That's scary, right? Oh, that's terrifying. Like, would she have the mind of a little girl if she got pulled out of that dream without Miss
1: helping her or something? I, I think that she would just, that would be where she would be from then on. If she hadn't had someone to pull her out, that's just like, I think she'd be just trapped in the dream forever. Yeah, that's
2: super dangerous. Wow. Yeah.
1: Very scary. Which, you know, I mean, I feel like this is, uh, what's it, foreshadowing for something like really shitty that's going to happen later or something, you know? Like, wait, it's going to get trapped in somebody's dream and get tortured
2: some more because it seems to be what's happening to her. It seems likely, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we get a little bit of info about the Aiel marriage culture, which we were wondering a little bit about, because Milane wants to go marry so-and-so, Bale. Yeah. And Bale's already married to somebody else, and so she has to go ask permission from the other wife Mm -hmm. to marry Bale. Yeah. Because this was. Yeah. This is... I don't know. feels a little
1: awkward to me. Yeah. I'm not sure what the purpose of that particular scene was, because we already know that information. We already know that's a thing, but... Again, no, that's not true. I know exactly what it's for. It's to for to to reiterate to the reader that it's really okay that Rand marries a bunch of
2: women. Mm, right. Yeah. Aiel culture. This is normal. Right. Egwene even wonders whether there's any uh, polyandry. Right. A, a woman wearing multiple. A woman marrying multiple men. Yeah. But she's like, I was too afraid to ask. Yeah. Well, thanks, Egwene.
3: Yeah.
1: I know. It's it's uh, you know, at least at least they're mentioning that it's a possibility. Yeah. I guess I don't know.
2: So Egwene has a whole relationship talk with Avienda about Elaine and stuff, uh, which is getting really tedious. But I felt like the Wise Ones are very disrespectful of Egwene's culture. And this is the first time I realized this. Because Egwene has gone into this with a very with a determination to be open-minded about the Aiel culture. Yeah, And Aiel have this very different culture with all these rules and, and restrictions and it's very uh, rigid. And Egwene is playing along and doing her thing. And the Aiel have made no concessions to her culture at all. Yeah. Like, they, they know that being naked in front of a man makes her very uncomfortable, and they put her in that situation over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They
0: do the same thing with brand too, and they think it's hilarious. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm.
2: I, think that's, uh, I think that's awful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's, you know. They're... I think the wise ones are awful. I, I keep thinking, like, they, they, they say that they, they've got a whole bunch of influence in the Aiel culture, right? And they're yeah. equivalent to the clan chiefs in terms of authority. But I keep thinking, why does anybody listen to these fucking people? Because they're bullies. Like they're, they're, that's that's what they keep saying is like, they bully people into
1: doing what they want, and we don't know what that means exactly. But it's the same the same justification they provide for like the women's circle running things in yeah. Two Rivers. They're like that's why they're afraid of them because they're going to bully them, and like we don't know what that means. But it's the way that Robert Joy yeah. writes all these these female centric power structures as women being bullies to, to get what they want.
2: But among the the male IEL, even the men are. They're not bullies. Like The clan chiefs are never portrayed as bullies, even though you might expect some of them to be bullies, right, to, to rule through fear and coercion and, and browbeating. But they don't. All the men are portrayed as being sort of thoughtful and reasonable, like noble warrior poets.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I guess that's particularly true of the A'il representations.
1: I, I would say that's not true of the... The men in the village—is it village council—is out the male Half of it is in uh, Two Rivers. Yeah, some of them are awful. Yeah, some of them suck. But so far, we
2: haven't seen any. Well, I guess Cooladin, but he's not really on the council. Yeah, even Cooladin. Well, we don't see that much of him, but we don't see him like forcing people to do things they don't want to do. He does skin people alive, Jeff. Right. That's a good point. <laughs>
0: Those people probably didn't want to be skinned alive.
2: <laughs> we don't know. We, that scene was not in the books. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they could have been, my message has been delivered, please skin me alive. Let, let, let's not forget. And he's like, book. I really want to meet with Randall Thor. And If I keep skinning you guys alive, I, I think he's going to get the wrong message. And they're like, no, respect my wishes and
1: skin me alive.
3: <laughs>
2: <sighs> Fine. Can someone send this message back? No, I want to
1: be skinned alive right here and now. Can you send the message and then come back and they'll skin you, you? No. But no, I mean, like, you have to remember that Kuladin, we we got a lot of Kuladin in the last book. and He was just, like, genuinely awful all the time.
2: Yeah. I just think, I keep thinking of these wise ones. Why do the clan chiefs listen to them? Why do they marry them? They're just awful. They're so unpleasant to be around. Yeah. Like (laughs) naive. Indeed. All right. That's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 6 through 10 of The Fires of Heaven. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter.
0: I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan.
2: I'm Mike Spartman, and I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at the dragon reread.com. We'd
0: love to hear from you.
2: Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this from. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club, because we're Armadillos. Mm-hmm. Please like us in real life. We're super likable. Until next time, the, the light, light illumine illumin- you.